Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Adam Kligfeld. A short Torah study. Um, I gotta get the sheet, hold on. This text sheet was sent out in the pre-Pesach email. So uh, it's available. Um, either you printed it out beforehand, if you're comfortable. It's in your email that came um, just before Pesach. Uh, I'm going to do a 10 to 12 minute discussion on something that's 45 minutes long. And, and because of the topic, it, we really should expand how much we say about this. And that'll become clear in a second. I'll start with two Mini anecdotes. I shared some of this, I think, in one of the things that I did this week. It's been such a confusing week. I don't remember if I shared it at the Seder or somewhere else. But if you've heard it, it's because I've shared it at least once before. Javi used to work at an outpatient clinic in New York, a psychotherapeutic clinic. And when you walked into that clinic, whether you worked there or you were a client or a patient, there was a little sign over the threshold, a two-word slogan, a two-word mantra. And the mantra was, talking helps. That's it. Talking helps. So simple, right? Was talking magic? It's not magic, but it helps. With great reverence for the world of psychopharmacology and the amazing things that can be done to our neurotransmitters in the mind and all the great physicians and practitioners who are using it, I'm of the belief that all good psychotherapy, even when augmented, maybe especially when augmented by psychopharmacology, has to be based in talking therapy. I know a lot of the world of psychiatry these days, and I I don't poo-poo this. I'm just telling you my own personal experience with it. It's focused on the administering of medication, which does miraculous things. I rue a little bit, and maybe this is the speaking as the son of a psychiatrist who, until he retired a couple of years ago, was very much committed to talk therapy and married to a psychotherapist. I rue that the chemicals of psychopharmacology seemed to supplant the relational chemicals of conversation that I think are at the core of making someone who is emotionally and mentally unwell into someone who is more healthy. So I do think that talking helps. Talking helps when things are good. We love sharing things. We love sharing good news. We love sharing stories, making people laugh. And talking helps when things are bad because we feel heavy. And it's amazing how liberating and lightening it can be just to say it. This is helping me say this to you. I'm a lighter person than I was two minutes ago because I'm beginning to share something that's deep in my consciousness with you. On Monday, I had the great pleasure and and honor of participating in a webinar 
focused on men's emotional and psychological health during COVID-19. It was run by our own Dr. Josh Pretzky, who's a psychiatrist and a psychoanalyst. And it was put on by, I might get this name wrong, the Men's Story Project, and they might do others. And it was a collection of 40 or 45 men from around the country, most of them who did not know each other. There were some local LA Jews that I happened to know that Josh had, had reached out to, that Dr. Pretzky reached out to, but most of these were just people who'd found out about it. And it was a well-crafted hour and a quarter webinar there, where we did a little bit of listening as Josh talked about strategies for wellness during this time. But mostly we did talking. We were put into small groups and given prompts, simple prompts. These were not complicated, meaning the brilliance of it was not the wording of the prompts. The brilliance of it was putting people together and giving them a chance to share and listen and reflect and be reflected. What are you grateful for? What's one thing that has helped you? What are your needs that aren't being met? My friends, and you are my friends in my community, I do have people to talk to in my life. I have a loving spouse and I have children who listen. I have parents and friends. There was something about this sculpted, crafted, preserved, curated moment of talking that was tremendously liberating. When that hour and a quarter was done, I felt lighter than I had felt in weeks. How long does it last? You know, how long does Tylenol last? How long does a massage last in your muscles? How long does exercise make you feel vital? It lasted longer than it would have lasted had it not happened. Talking helps. And talking is built in to everything that we do on this holiday. Some of you have a familiarity with what I'm about to say, but hopefully my bringing it together in this way will drive a point home more focused. If you look at the source sheet, some of these verses, but some of these sources are directly from the Bible, so I'll also just give you the citation in case you don't have it in front of you. Look at some familiar verses. Chapter 10 of the book of Exodus, verses 1 through 2, in the midst of the story of how the Israelites are going to eventually leave Egypt's grip. Vayomer Adonai Moshe. God said to Moshe, Bo el paro, go to Pharaoh. I hardened his heart. We spoke a bit about this last, yesterday evening, if you were listening. And the heart of his servants. Laman, why did I do it? Controversial, but we're not focusing on it right now. Because I actually wanted to show all my signs off in his midst. And how could I do it if I didn't have a pretense? Again, that's not what we're talking about today, but it's an interesting concept. But the second reason why I did it, Ulaman, also in order, that you tell the story to the ears of your children. I'm doing this so you talk about it. I'm doing it so that one of the generational recoveries from the enslavement is that you talk about what happened. You get it off your chest. Not just in the desert, but thousands of years later. Tell them at what I did to Egypt. And the great wonders that I did to them. And how you learned that I was God. I'm doing this so you'll have something to tell your descendants about the wonders of being in relationship with me, God. And how extraordinary it was when we left Egypt. It's a liberation story. And you got to tell it. Otherwise it'll be clogged up inside of you.
Chapter 13 of the book of Exodus, verse 8, the second source on your sheet if you have it. And you should tell your son, and you should recognize, my friends, the verb vehigata, even if you don't know Hebrew fluently, because it's vehigata, and you shall tell, from which we get the word haggadah, the telling. The whole thing is a telling. The whole thing is a speaking. The whole thing is a catharsis. On that day you should tell them, it's because of this. This is also from where parts of the answers to the four sons come in the Haggadah. It's because of this, Asali, that God did to me, when I left Egypt. God scripts the Exodus and instructs the Exodus as something that should not just be experienced and then put away, but told and retold. Because telling is healing. Sorry, this is chapter 13, verse 14. And when your child asks you in the future, mazot, and you say, what, what, what is this ritual? The amarta this is the third verb of telling. We had lisaper, to tell a story. Lahagid, to talk about. The amarta, to say, tell him. Bechozek yad, with a strong hand. Hotsiyanu, Adonai, mi bitzrayim. God took us out of Egypt. Mi beit avadim, in the house of bondage. Three different ways. Are you getting the message, Israelites? Talk about this. Share it. Share memories of an event that you didn't experience, but you're supposed to feel as if you did. Can you see where I'm telling, where I'm going with this little mini drash? Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 20 to 21. Ki yishal Again, it's a version of what we read before when your child asks you to later on, ma ha'idut, what are the laws, v'hachukim, v'hamishpatim, and all of the instructions. This is the answer that the Haggadah puts it to, in the leader to the, to the wise child. Asher tziva adonai loheinu etchem, that God commanded us. Once again, you say to him, you don't just show up, you don't just do it, you tell it. We were slaves in Egypt. What's interesting about these, this Sipur, this story, this Haggadah, this recounting, this Amirah, this telling, is that it's both the signs and the wonders that got us out and the travail that we were in beforehand. Tell the story of being in the ghetto. Tell the story of being slaves to Egypt. Share what it's like for you in this moment, in 2020. You keep it in. You're violating one of the core notions of the whole story of Pesach, which is to talk about what happens to you and share it with a family and a community so that it's lighter on your individual shoulders. There are several Kabbalistic and Midrashic texts that teach a version of what I have in the next source, if you have the source sheet. This is written by the Arizal, the great Ari, who was a Kabbalistic master of Lurianic Kabbalah. In his collection, pre Chaim, the fruit of the tree of life, Sha'ar Chag HaMatzot, in the section dedicated to Pesach. You may have heard this Game this wordplay on the word Pesach, this notrikun. Notrikun is where you take a Hebrew word where you know exactly what it means and you divide it into two words that probably don't mean what you think it means, but you're drawing some extra layers of 
content out of it. That's why it's called Chag HaPesach. Not because the word Pasach, or not only because the word Pasach means to pass over, and that's exactly what the angel of, di- angel of death did to the Israelite houses on the night of the 10th plague. Perush, you can also read it as Pesach. Pe, mouth. Sach, speech. Kihu petfuna. On the way out of Egypt, we finally had a mouth of understanding. A mouth of understanding. Vezesod siporitziat mitzrayim. And this is the deep secret of the story, of the telling of the story of leaving Egypt. The deep story of the telling of the leaving Egypt is not only that our bodies were liberated from the shackles, but our mouths were liberated from the muteness that was foisted upon us by taskmasters who would whip us if we did, and I would say our internal taskmasters who quiet us from sharing. If I share, I'll show my vulnerability. If I share, they'll know I'm scared. If I share, can I still be a leader? If I'm nervous, can I still be a father? If I'm worried, can I still be a parent? Those are internal taskmasters. Shackling our tongues from doing the very thing that's most natural and important for us to do, that a free person can do. An enslaved person, whether enslaved to an external force or an internal force, cannot speak. A free person has the right to speak in our country and in our society and our tradition. And speak we must about the things that are hard because talking helps. From one rabbinic game to another rabbinic game, Notrikun, where we look at the words of meaning, the meanings of words, and we divide them into words that are clearly a playful way of doing it. There's also gematria, where we attach values to letters in the Hebrew alphabet and derive meaning from that. And we see that the word peh, mouth, the numerical value is 85, peh is 85, hey is 5. And what does peh produce? A milah, a word. And if you add up the value of mem, yud, lam, and he, you get to 85. And sach, that other half of the drash, peh, sach, right? If we split up the word pesach into two. Sach, the speaking, the articulation, the telling, is 68. And what else is 68? Chaim. Life. Speaking is life. And, even though if it doesn't work out numerically, Holding in the speech can be devastating and deathly. Some of you asked me after my drosh last week, could I speak a little bit more to this moment? And so I'm speaking to this moment, my community and my friends whom I cannot see in person anymore. We need to talk about what's happening in our lives. And I offer myself and the clergy offers themselves again for 10-minute check-ins or half-an-hour sessions or longer, for you to unload, for you to share, for you to be heard. And if you don't want to or you can't do it with us, you must, almost as important as the mask that you wear over your mouth, is the unmasking of your mouth that allows you to speak the truth of your heart that will allow you to lighten some of the heaviness of this moment because, as we've said how many times already, this is hard. And it's easier 
when we have someone to talk about it with. Pesach. That's liberation. Rabbi Itamar Eldar, who's a Rosh Yeshiva at a Hesder Yeshiva in Israel, one of the Yeshivot that partners with the army so that uh, Orthodox Israelis can spend part of their uh, basically half time in Yeshiva, half time in the army. He wrote a beautiful comment about this in an article I found on etzion.org.il. Etzion is the website of Kfar Etzion, or actually of the Yeshivat Etzion, Yeshiva in Kfar Etzion near Efrat. I'll read it in Hebrew because it's literal Hebrew and I'll translate it phrase by phrase even though it's in English on the left side. Betzeit Yisrael mimitzrayim. Evocative words. Betzeit Yisrael mimitzrayim. He's using it as prose. When Israel left Egypt, hunach hayesod le'itzuv ha'tarbut v'hamoreshet. There was a tremendous foundation established for the creation of a culture and an inheritance Orachachaim, a way of life. Orachachaim, by the way, is a reference to the first section of the Code of Jewish Law that talks about all of our holiday and blessing practices. Ve'erche haruach, and spiritual values. Shel umacharasha, of a new nation. A new nation was being formed. Remember, we went down to Egypt as a family. We emerged from Egypt as a nation. Sheze'ata nitkabsha, a nation that just in that very moment was crystallizing. Uvaregazet, and in that moment... How do I explain this? It shook off the dust from itself. And you might recognize that Hebrew. That's from the Chadodi, which itself is from a biblical origin. It shook off the dust, the consciousness, the consciousness of that people that was about to be born, shook off its dust. Shehimtina, which dust? Or which consciousness that was waiting? Kaf vav doro, 26 generations, the tradition that 26 generations were enslaved. The kolashel hadat, and the voice of that consciousness, which is dibur, speech. Speech is the voice of consciousness. Speech is the letting out of what's actually inside. Nishma, it was heard. Vahamila, this is a great play on words in Hebrew. Vahamila mala, the word. Mala, circumscribed. The word mila means both word and circumcision. A mohel, same root. And in, in the biblical tradition, to circumscribe, circum, not circumscribe, circumcise. Lamul, you didn't just um, circumscribe, circumcise a foreskin, but you could circumcise a heart to cut off the fleshy parts. Sorry, that's the image of the heart that, that, that makes you resistant to things. The word circumcised. Vigala. And redeemed at Orlot Hasfatayim, the clumsy stuff on the edges of our lips. Moshe was Arel Sfatayim. He couldn't speak. That's not just a man who had a speech impediment. It was a nation that wasn't yet able to speak the way it needed to speak. And the word liberated it and cut off the parts of the lips that were unable to articulate important things. Vahasipur and storytelling. Vahadibur and talking. The Haggadah, Haggadah, and saying things. Hafchu became liyasod hayasodot, the foundational foundation principle. Ba'amud hadaat, and the pillar of the religion, of the consciousness, shall am Yisrael. We're a people of the book? Yeah. But we're a people of telling the story about being people of the book. 
We're a people of the land of Israel? Yes. And we're the people of telling the story to our children and our grandchildren about why that land means something to us. And we're the people who left Egypt? Yes. And we're the people who tell what it was like to be in Egypt, not just to complain, but to heal, not just to vent for no reason, but because every time we tell what it was like, we can move forward to what it could be like. And so on this Pesach, on this Passover holiday, where our lips are able to speak and where our hearts are so heavy and they might need a circumcision, I implore and encourage you to do even more of what I hope you're already doing, and that is talk to one another and talk to God and talk to me and talk to someone you can trust. And let's use speech and storytelling and honest sharing and vulnerable recitations as our Moses that's going to lead us out of this Egypt. Shabbat Shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.